Welcome to this edition of Morgan You Asked For podcast. Um, back to our normal Wednesday. It's been several weeks since we've been on a Wednesday, but I think that'll be good. It gives us both a little bit more time to uh, more stories to come out, which is actually a really good thing this week. Um, you know, we're going to hit some college, uh, you know, football, obviously a big game with Iowa beating Penn State. Uh, big Iowa State news, Xavier Foster has been kicked off the, the basketball team at Iowa State. That's very local with us uh, being here in Oskaloosa. Uh, but the story, um, and, and Trevor's going to get into this, is the NFL and the, the investigation into uh, the Washington football team. That's really what this all comes down to. But it's getting, uh, it got to John Gruden. He sent emails to Bruce Allen, who was the president of uh, the Washington football team at that time from essentially 2010 to 2018 are these emails. Um, and those emails were bad enough. Um, you know, with, you know, anti-gay slurs and, you know, degrading towards females and just, you know, and some racist comments and just all kinds of things that came out and he uh, resigned Monday night. Um, so it, it got real quick and he is done. And Adam Schefter came out today with, uh, or it came out about Adam Schefter. He didn't come out with it. Um, that he sent um, reports and stories that he was going to do um, and put on ESPN for this Bruce Allen to, um, you know, essentially call him Mr. Editor, essentially make sure they were right, which I, I mean, and I said this, we talked about this on our chat and I don't have a problem with the, the premise of that. Um, this is a story I'm going with. Is everything right? Is this okay? I think that's good, but not like, proofread it or make sure it's 100% correct. That's your job as a journalist. And then you're, you have an editor for ESPN or a newspaper or whatever that makes sure everything is correct. You are double checking that the story is correct and you're double checking that this is how you want it to come out. Because these guys have sources. It, it, you know, obviously Schefter, you know, he always said his sources were, his source is, you know, Aaron Rodgers when Aaron Rodgers wanted to get traded on draft night. That was his source. You know, it was very obvious. It came out later that that was it. Um, these guys have these conversations all the time, uh, but it's just, you know, weird how close this was. I don't know who this Bruce Allen is, but obviously he was very influential and very prominent in NFL circles. And I know you have a lot more on it again, always, as always welcome in Trevor, um, our NFL guy. And I know he's got a lot more into this. Oh, you you covered a good portion of it, and it's kind of sucks that two weeks in a row now we're we're starting with NFL instead of college because of NFL coaches, and we'll just we'll start with Gruden. We'll get to Schefter. Speaking here of that, the happiest guy in the world right now is Urban Meyer. <laughs> it's helping him because they're six games away, I believe, from tying the longest losing streak in NFL history. So it's gonna it's gonna heat back up for him here in a hurry, but he might get a a free week or two here now with all this news going on, but. Let's start with Gruden. He made some racist remarks in an email. It came out. He apologized for it. There's some conspiracy theories or theories being formed that um, that on Monday night, of course, the rest of the emails came out during the Monday night game, or more of them. I shouldn't say all, but more did. And that's where you mentioned he was kind of attacking women, gay people. Uh, there's reports that nude photos of cheerleaders were being shared. And he called Gruden a blank. Uh, we won't say it on here, but you can get on Google and, and find it if you need to. 
and people were thinking because he called out Goodell that that's the reason that the the rest of the emails got leaked to the media and then it's probably no accident that it happened during the Monday night football game when all the NFL fans are watching and it sounds like I can't remember I, I got the the update on my phone I just got done having dinner with customers and was walking back to the hotel I think within like 30 or 40 minutes of that update coming Gruden had resigned so it was a quick meeting there in there in Vegas with the owner Davis and Gruden's done but I, I think it's this is a lot bigger than Gruden there's a lot of stuff going on in Washington that people don't maybe know about that have been going on for a long time so it's it's kind of a big scandal and Gruden might end up being the the least of this right I get you know and, and my big there's always conspiracy theories I just think it's very interesting how 650,000 emails they're going after the Washington football team and essentially Daniel Snyder. I mean, that's really who they're going after. And the first person to go is Gruden in this. And I know I sent this in our chat today, but it's interesting that, you know, the people writing the checks don't get in trouble as much as the people cashing the checks. Now Gruden gets paid $10 million a year, but that's, peanuts to what like Daniel Snyder and Mark Davis and those guys are dealing with in money. And these owners are some of the richest people in the U S and in the world and some of the most powerful, and they are going to do everything in their power. Don't kid yourself to keep their image as clean as it can be. Um, you can't tell me that Gruden's the only one doing this. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see what all comes out of this. And, you know, and was this, you know, my thing is, is was this somewhat orchestrated by the Raiders? Um, maybe this did kind of come out that this stuff was coming out to all the owners. And Mark Davis is like, hey, I can get out of this $10 million a year contract with this. Um, you know, it's not that he was doing bad, but I don't know if he's worth $10 million a year uh, coaching for what he's doing. Um so that, that's my conspiracy theory a little bit is maybe this is Mark Davis uh, saying, hey, this is my out on this and uh, we can go with it. It could be. And there's just a lot going on here with uh, with Gruden and these emails. And LeVar Arrington brought up a good point. Why aren't they showing some of the emails we know were to Bruce Allen? Right. And he was comfortable talking like that. I've, I've seen a lot of comments, people saying, you know, Gruden shouldn't be fired over one or two of these. This was a chain of emails over about eight an eight-year period that he was having. And LeVar mentioned, why aren't they telling all the other names that are out there? Who's he sending this to? Because he's obviously comfortable using these terms, talking the way he is with whoever he's emailing with. If it's more than Bruce Allen, why aren't their names being exposed? Absolutely. And I think it is now. I think it's, it's out of the box now. And I think it will. I mean, I really do. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I've heard, you know, I listen to a lot of things and, and read a lot of things. And, you know, the, the first emails are like 2010 and, and you can look back to 2010 and I can look and there's things that, and, you know, even look back into 20 years ago or 30 years ago, like when I was in high school, there were words that we used and didn't think twice about that aren't used today. Right. You know? I mean, just, and so I think you could forgive like if all this stuff was like 2010 or at least understand, not maybe not even forgive, but understand 
the world has changed in the last 10 years, but this did go all the way up until 2018 until he was the coach of the Raiders. So three years ago, it hasn't changed that much. No, you're right. It really hasn't changed that much. And I know reading a lot of comments, people are like, they, they shouldn't have exposed him for something he did 10 years ago or even three years ago, like you mentioned 2018, but, and I don't know what's right or wrong to expose people for their, what's happened in the past or not. I don't have the answer there, but if they're going to expose Gruden, in my opinion, then oh. you need to expose everybody. Right. And I agree. We, we've all done things we don't aren't proud of, and we would definitely take back. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if he's going to go down, I mean, you know, if he's going down, there's other people that I'm assuming will probably come down as well. I would, I would um, assume. Gruden's been in the league a long time, or he's been around the NFL forever, basically right. his whole life. And he's, I bet he's got dirt and stories on people. Oh. And this, this is going to go back to Schefter. Now, what do, what do humans do when they get mad at each other? They retaliate. Uh, if they've got dirt on someone, they, they want to get back at them, whether that's right or wrong. I mean, think about a football team if, or a football game. If a team runs up a score on you one year, what are you going to do the next year? Are you going to be a, maybe some cheap shots? Or you could try and wrap the score on them. I mean, and that's just football. So this is messing with some life and reputation. These are all A-type personalities and super ultra-competitive people. You don't get in those positions without being that type of person. You just don't. So all these people are go-getters and do anything to win at all costs. I mean, that's, you don't get there without being like that. So, I mean, absolutely, Trevor. They're all, unless he's just going to truly just take it, which some people are like that and just say, okay, but whatever. I mean, it, it's going to be interesting. And, and I just think, and I think Bruce Allen has a lot to, you know, and I'm listening is, you know, obviously Bruce Allen had this relationship with Gruden and Schefter that, you know, had these conversations. So, you know, obviously Bruce Allen has explaining to do too. And Bruce Allen has over, over some years now, he's been kind of known as a. And Bruce Allen has a history of, of relationships with people and then giving away information, snitching, whatever you want to call it. He's been known that for a while now. So he's, he's done some explaining. He's probably got a lot more to do and just kind of moving into Schefter, as you put, I don't know the story about the article that he was writing. I think it was about the, story during the lockout years ago but when you call him Mr. Editor like you said it he wasn't looking for grammatical errors or anything like that he wanted to make sure Alan was comfortable with the story that Schefter was going to put out and I've seen a lot of people saying that's unethical I don't know how that side of the business you know reporters work necessarily so maybe he was just asking to make sure that everything they talked about was accurate right or is it where Schefter was trying to help the NFL and Bruce Allen out to make sure it didn't look too ugly, hide facts, hide things that happened. And that's where, that's where it can be a problem. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. But again, with Schefter, he's been in the league since at least I was in junior high, I think, covering the league, I should say, he's got to have a bunch of stories or as I call it, aces up his sleeve. If, if he feels like the NFL or some certain person or group is coming after him, does he retaliate? Does he release some stories about things that have happened that, people don't know about yet that have been swept under the rug. So I think it's going to get bigger and bigger, but I think the biggest thing is a lot of people on the internet are talking, the NFL doesn't want this information out. It's gotta be pretty bad. You figure 650,000 emails, 
640,000 are probably fine, just typical work stuff. But those other 10,000 or 5,000, whatever it is. Yeah. Even if it's, even if it's a hundred, I mean, just, there can be 100. I mean, it could be, it could be Goodell saying something to an owner, you know, which would be very, you know, I mean, and there's, I mean, you can get it, you could get into some collusion where it's not, and again, here's the issue with all this stuff. It's not illegal. <laughs> you know, I mean, what they're doing isn't illegal per se, but it's, it, it, it just is a, a bad, bad face. And then you're talking, you know, if, if Goodell and owners are talking, you know, is it, you know, trying to manipulate cities to get new stadium? I mean, you're talking in the last 10, 15, 20 years, how many new stadiums are there? Mm-hmm. And, you know, talks about that and threatening to move, you know, did the Raiders, you know, was it, were they close to going in San Antonio or somewhere like, you know, somewhere like a Phoenix or, you know, or, you know, not back to San Diego or, you know, just you can imagine just any ideas that could come up that again, aren't harmful or anything, but the NFL doesn't want that stuff out that might come out on that kind of stuff. It's a lot of speculation right now. And and that's what people are going to do. We're going to, we're going to speculate what could possibly be on those emails or who was involved. And ultimately I I hate to say it, but I think what will happen is a little bit more will come out some smaller names, maybe one medium name will get thrown under the bus. And then the NFL is going to try to make it go away. Yeah. Now, hopefully what happens is enough people demand the NFLPA wants everything released. Yeah. And the NFL says they have no plans of doing that. And the NFL is conducting their own investigation. So that kind of tells you a little bit what you need to know. They're investigating themselves and they're saying they're not going to release all the information. Right. And, and I, that I, leads one to believe that there's some bad, there's some a lot worse stuff going on. And you, and you brought up this today, um, two head coaches today that were on that staff in that Three time now. frame. Huh? Three now I found out. Three. So, you know, Kyle Shanahan, because was his dad a coach during this time there? Yeah, was he was it? He was an assistant. I, I believe the offense coordinator, Sean McVay, was also there during the years that they're looking back, and Matt LaFleur. So okay, those are three head coaches right now in the NFL. It's not to say that they were involved in these emails or anything, but what if all three of them were? This could turn into a, a real problem for the NFL, and it's got the potential. I'm, I'm talking, you know, worst-case scenario where if I mentioned the chat, too, if people have said if, if – there's emails about Kaepernick and with owners saying, no, we're not going to sign him no matter what. Right. Even if the, the collusion, the collusion. collusion. Uh, there, there's talk that players will have a walkout and protest the season. I don't know if that happens this year, but I could definitely see it in the off season. If the NFLPA doesn't get what they want. The problem with that though, is from the player standpoint, the top 10 paid players on every team are going to be fine. It's the rest of the roster. that right. don't have millions in the bank. Are they willing to, sacrifice their paycheck for however long until it gets settled right which yeah, we that, don't know that's, that's the thing about happen. striking and walking out you're walking out on money and a lot you know like you said you know 300 to 500 guys are going to be okay but the rest of the league isn't going to be okay very long i mean yes can they they all should have a little bit of money you know they're, they're all well paid but um yeah they're they're not wealthy people and again, like we talked about earlier, these are the people cashing checks. They aren't the ones writing checks. Um, most of these owners, whether they make any money or not on their teams, are wealthy. They got wealthy well before they were an NFL owner. 
And so they have other avenues of money and, you know, th they can go a long time without money. Yeah. then that's, you're right. That's, a, that's the tough thing about a walkout or a strike is how long do you last? How long do you give in? And, and kind of moving on more to Washington football team now, as I don't know if a lot of people know, but the DEA rated their facility and one of the trainers on October 4th. Now two, uh, two trainers have been let go. I don't think it's been said what's been found yet. People are speculating steroids or pharmaceutical drugs. Maybe yeah, which I mean, if the DEA is involved, that's what it has. It has it's illegal yeah. drugs. I mean, that's what the, that's what they investigate, or, or or money crimes with drugs, or you know, just yeah. So there's speculation there too. And again, it's always something with Washington under Dan Snyder. It seems like. And another thing that I don't think a lot of people know about is back in 2008, the Washington. They took their cheerleaders to Costa Rica and a lot of the cheerleaders were nude or partially nude. Now they had props to cover up certain areas of the body, but obviously when they, when they're moving around or when they're going back to get dressed, wherever the dressing room is, they're obviously exposed. At that point, all cameras should be off. Right. I mean, it's understood if you don't have permission to be filming then or taking pictures. And there was a, a secret camera that was on recording and it sounds like a video was made. It was a DVD because this is back in 2008. A DVD was made and it was named for executive meeting. And it got passed around the building. And then also some of the cheerleaders were not forced, but they were really pressured in Costa Rica that night or the couple nights to go out with men. And they weren't comfortable with it. So a lot of sketchy stuff. Uh, over 150 employees for the Washington football team have been interviewed. Apparently, there's no report back to them yet. Now, I don't know if they're finished investigating yet, but again, the NFL is doing their own investigating. So you almost wish that an independent investigation team was going right. in there or the, or someone, the government, well, well, I don't know about the government, but law enforcement. <laughs> uh, you get what I'm saying? And then also there was reports that Washington only had one person in charge of, only one HR person. There wasn't a group of them, you know, a head of HR and then, Right. employees below them and they were answering to the to the good old boys club apparently and a lot of sexual harassment claims they a lot of women said when they were hired you either call dan snyder mr snyder or sir you never call him dan and if he's walking down the hallway at you you don't make eye contact or you turn and go the other way he, really not a good work environment it sounded like and there's multiple stories at parties where he suggested that cheerleaders or women that work for the team go up to go to hotel rooms with his buddies to get to know each other better. Uh, again, you can find all this on Google. Nowadays, there's plenty of stories out there, but it's, it's always something with Dan Snyder. And the last thing the NFL wants is to remove or force one of their owners out because then it makes it easier to force other owners out in the future right. for different things or the same thing. So uh, it's, I don't know. It, it's bad. I think it's going to get bigger. Again, people are going to get scared that their name's going to get thrown out. So they're going to throw out other people's names before the same can happen to them, if that makes sense. Right. Um, and it, it'll depend. I, I don't think, I don't think the NFL, they're going to try to cover up as much as they want or as much as they can. I think it's going to take someone or, or multiple people to ruin their career and never be able to work in the NFL again to release info because I don't think the NFL is going to do it. Not all of it, not the, not the real bad stuff. 
Yeah. I, I mean, I, I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, like Gruden, he's done. I mean, he's not going, he's, you know, old or whatever he's done. If he wanted to just go throw a bomb on everything he could, you know, I'm sure. Yeah. He's, I'm sure he's got stuff that he could reveal if he wants. And again, he's well paid, you know, him losing out on the rest of his contracts, not going to hurt him none. Uh, it's more just his reputation, but he'll never work in football again. I don't think, but again, it's these, it's these lower level people that are just getting in that maybe have seen stuff, they know stuff, and are they willing to come forward and talk, or are they scared of never getting a chance to move up in the NFL again? Right, and and that's and that and that's going to be an argument too. Is you know, these people that maybe were sent this emails that didn't do anything back necessarily, like maybe just and I know our buddy Will said this, but like CC'd or just carbon cut, you know, or just you know attached on this email, never responded, never did anything, but they saw this stuff and didn't ever say anything you know, how bad does that look? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, you know, you can get into, is that just as bad as saying it? I, I mean, I, I don't know that answer. I mean, you can, everybody has to make their own choices on that uh, situation. Yeah. That's, that is tough to say for sure. I mean, again, you're not in those situations, so I, I'm not going to sit here and say what way is right or wrong or what you should have done. But right. again, th- this, this has the potential to blow up to be one of the biggest scandals for black eyes in the history of the NFL. If more stuff gets out, that is really bad. If it's just, like I said, if it's just small name people that get exposed for little things, ticky tacky, it might go away, but I don't know why. And I don't watch a lot of ESPN or whatever, but I don't know why ESPN doesn't bring it up again, the 2008 cheerleader video that went on again, Gruden was sending nude photos of cheerleaders without probably without their permission now that legally it it could be a big mess is what i'm trying to say oh absolutely and and that's that and i was not watching the game i was watching baseball monday night i wasn't watching the nfl game but they're saying that they were talking they were you know stuff was breaking everything and no mention of during this time john gruden was an employee of espn he was not an employee of the nfl at all and in any capacity he was an employee of espn um, and, and that was kind of not mentioned and, you know, and ESPN is in bed with the NFL. ESPN is in bed with the SEC and college football ESPN. You know, I, I heard the great analogy today, you know, um, with ESPN getting hockey back they're making a big deal of hockey now. Well, for the last 17 years, it's been on NBC and not been on ESPN at all. It doesn't ever get talked about hardly. I mean, obviously sports center, they talk about the scores and stuff. But there's no promotion of it. There's no, you know, you know, reporters really on it or anything. But now it's back. It's 100 percent, you know, because they're invested now. They're invested in the NFL very much. So, I mean, you look at Sunday morning, they've got reporters. I mean, Sal Palantonio is at every Philadelphia Eagles game. I mean, and every every Sunday morning he's reporting from, you know, wherever. I mean, that's just what he does. And they have those guys embedded, or guys are and girls embedded in all these towns um, that get those relationships, and and they know what's going on, and they release what they want to release and don't release, and get those relationships uh, and build that. Tra- you know, I mean, don't kid yourself. Those those people are give those guys and girls information to see if they're trustworthy. You know, hey, so and so's hurt today, but don't say anything. Well, if it comes out that, hey, I got to get the first one out reporting that, you know, Sal Palantonio, hey, you know, Jimmy John's hurt. He's, well, now he knows he can't trust him. 
you know, so he's not going to get that information. But if he holds that, let someone else report that. Now that that guy knows and so when something bigger happens or whatever, it's all about trust and, and building relationships. And, you know, and, and there just becomes a blurred line there. And I, I think that blurred line got crossed a lot. And we're going to find out how much that line, where that line is in the NFL, if everything comes out that should maybe. Yeah, the next few weeks are going to be interesting. Again, as you mentioned, Gruden worked for ESPN for a long time and no mention of it. And it came out on Monday Night Football. And then the a day or two later, whatever it is, now the Shepherd News comes out, who is employed by ESPN. So did, was it John Gruden? Was it somebody in John Gruden's uh, team or someone that's friends with them? Did they release that information as retaliation? So, right. and, and, maybe, and maybe that's looking too much into it. But again, you wonder if these things are going to go on for a while or there's going to be some fighting back and forth with stories and everyone's trying to one-up each other. Absolutely. Well, we could go on for this for days, uh, Trevor, but, uh, you know, let's kind of go ahead and, and move on. Um, let's go to the Iowa-Penn State game. Or actually, let's go back to the NFL real quick. Let's go over we'll, your picks. We'll go over real quick and we'll just uh... – Yep, yep. And really, unfortunately, the story in the NFL isn't the games. It's not. But we do want to go over your picks um, and everything else. So go ahead and go over those, Trevor. I, uh, I know I text you I took the Rams – Minus two and a half, that one hit. And then I also text you, I was going to take the Jags plus four, four and a half. Either way, yep. they lost. They didn't cover, and that was my upset pick. So I lost on both of those. Yep. I went one and five on the week and spread picks. <laughs> so now I'm 17, 21, and one on the year. My upset picks, I'm three and three because I did do two one week. Yep. This week, I'm going to go with the Lions to upset the Bengals at home. The Lions have been close in almost all the games. They're, they're, they're right there every game and just can't do it. Dan Campbell was crying at his press conference a little bit, got got teared up. Uh, I, I do I do like him. So this week, so far, I'm going to take the Eagles plus seven tomorrow night against Tampa. Tampa's defense is – I don't know what's going on there. It, it's strange. I'm going to take the Jags plus three in London against the Dolphins. Dolphins haven't looked all that good. No. This right. is a chance for the Jags to maybe get their first victory. Um and again, they're six or seven games away now from breaking the all-time losing record or stretch of losing. I'm going to take the Bears plus four and a half at home versus the Packers. Packers look pretty good, but not quite where they need to be. And then I'm going to obviously take the Lions plus three and a half at home since that's my upset pick. I'm going to take the points there too. If, there, if there's any others I add in, I'll, uh, I'll make sure to text you. But I think one storyline is Russell Wilson's going to be out four to eight yep. weeks. And that's the first time in his career that he's been hurt, correct? Yeah, first time that he's ever going to miss a game will be obviously this weekend. Packers uh, beat the Bengals in overtime. I don't know how many missed field goals there were in that game, but I was I watched part of it, and then I was listening on the radio. That one sounded like a crazy one. Yeah. Uh, the Lions, Lions go up on the Vikings late, and then the Vikings come back and convert a long field goal, beat them dramatic fashion. Eagles upset the Panthers. Uh, the Titans sent the Jaguars to 0-5. Patriots squeaked by the Texans. Uh, we saw the Giants-Cowboys game. That was a national game. Yep. And even before Daniel Jones and Barkley got hurt, I mean, they were hanging in there score-wise, but you could kind of tell that Dallas was the better team. And then I think the big two big storylines, obviously, is the Bills beat the Chiefs Sunday night pretty handedly. Right. There's something going on with the Chiefs. I don't know what it is. I mean, obviously, it's the defense. Right. But even the offense doesn't quite look 
in sync right now. So I, I expect Andy Reid and Mahomes to get that figured out before the end of the year. But, you know, they're two and three in a pretty tough conference. So it, not the panic button's getting pressed, but they've, they've got to get stuff figured out in a hurry here. Yeah, I, I agree. It was he's already he's thrown six interceptions and he threw that all of last year. So, I mean, that's that happens a little bit more when your defense isn't as good and you're trying to make plays. So, I mean, there, there's a reason for that, but um, it still is definitely a cause for concern. And, and, and then, then uh, they're running back. Edward Solaire is hurt now, too. He is. And there's a bunch of injuries. And I forgot to write it down because I was just more focused on the uh, the Gruden and the Washington news. And then, of course, the Iowa game. But just the final game of the of last week, Baltimore makes an amazing comeback versus the Colts. Yep. Lamar Jackson had over 500 yards, I think it was, four total touchdowns. And I, I think I saw a stat that he has more yards by himself rushing and passing than uh, like 16 NFL teams do total or something like that. I yeah. I just picked up and saw that that's not that surprising. He is he's on MVP pace right now. And yeah. I think here in a, not next week, but here in two weeks, I'll do my top five teams every week and my top five MVP candidates. And by then we're going to go. We should know enough about some of these teams and the, the players to kind of know who the front runners yeah, and, are. And we are starting to get into the bye weeks and everything now as well, right? Yeah, there are there are four teams with bye weeks coming up. I know the we pulled up uh, the Jets and 49ers are two of them. Those are two teams that have had a bunch of injuries, so it's good timing. Trey Lance actually had a knee sprain in his first start. I didn't sound like it was too bad, but again, it, it's a good timing for both those teams to get a bye. And then also the Falcons and Saints both have bye weeks. So kind of a, a week in the NFL. We're not really going to focus on the games a lot. It was more about Gruden and Washington. Yep. Now we're probably going to transition to college because there's, there's plenty to talk about Iowa, Iowa state and uh, nationally. Yep. Yep. Let's, let's just go to the Iowa game. Um, you know, just a great win for Iowa. I mean, they, they did exactly what they needed to do. Uh, their defense and their punting uh, just won them the football game. And, and, and I know Everybody's seen this, but that Anaconda reference of Kirk Herbstreet is just absolutely perfect. They did it to Iowa State. You know, they did it to Penn State. You know, they did it to Indiana. You know, Indiana was a little different because they got out to the huge lead right away with the, the pick sixes and everything. Uh, but, you know, and we've talked about this in the chat, you know, they only beat Iowa State by 10 points, but it felt way worse than that, you know. And, and then, obviously, it was a three-point win on Saturday, and it felt like a three-point win. I mean, it was – you know, scoring with six minutes left. Uh, but just goes to show you, you know, and, and really the the situation that just encompasses how Iowa plays football is at the end of the game, they're ahead. They take a knee knowing they have to punt the football. Um, they know there's too much time, but they don't care. They will kneel it and they will punt it and they will make them go 90 some yards knowing that that team won't do it. Uh, they know their punter will not kick it in the end zone. And then they know their defense will not give up the big plays. I mean, they, they would rather have their punt team out there and their defense out there than their offense. Absolutely. They, they know who they are. They understand it. And again, Iowa wins 23-20. Clifford threw two interceptions early in the game. And then all of a sudden you look up and Penn State's up 17-3. to You know, if I would have told anybody, even you, Clifford throws two interceptions in the first half, you would have thought, oh, I was up 17-3, right. not, not the other way around. And, you know, there's a bunch of people saying, well, if, if Clifford doesn't get hurt, you know, they don't win that game. And, and maybe, maybe not. We don't know. It doesn't matter right. at this point. But, again, 
after Clifford got hurt, Iowa did go down and score a touchdown uh, to make it 17-10 with about 7-8. I think it was left in the in the second. So right. even if Clifford stays in the game, I think Iowa makes it close. Well, yeah, you, you don't know. Um, right. The thing that is, you know, Penn State's defense is very good because that game could have got blown open right away. First play of the game, again, Penn State, you know, Iowa gets it. They have to punt down inside the five-yard line, inside the 10-yard line. I don't remember exactly where that one was. Uh, first play of the game, a pick, you know. and Penn State's first play, yeah. Yeah, Penn State's first play, an interception, and then Penn State's defense bowed up and made them kick a field goal. So, I mean. If they did. That was that was good by Penn State. To hold them that was field. huge. If that gets returned for a touchdown or they go and score a touchdown right away, I mean, that place, that place affected the, the football game as it was. You know, nine false start penalties on Penn State uh, on the on the on the day and night. They had three in a row, one on one. Three drive. in a row inside the ten yard line. I mean, and that that north end zone, um, those fans right there in the north end zone uh, deserve uh, uh, dinners by uh, Coach Ferentz and the Iowa football team uh, because they really affected it. Now, I think a lot of that has to do with the the new quarterback and everything. Um, I don't think Clifford is affected by that as much. But you don't, but that's part of the game. Um, you know, Clifford got hurt and that, that backup quarterback was not ready for that situation. Um, and, and that's, that's just football and that's the way Iowa plays. And, you know, you just, I was up to number two in the country with Alabama losing, which is a, a big upset, <coughs> excuse me there. And, you know, everything is out in front. I mean, I was really going to have to falter to get, to not get to the Big Ten title game because they can lose a game and still go. Because I think everybody has two losses or more in the Big Ten West. Um, and then you're going to get the survivor of one heck of a – whoever wins the East is just going to be battle-tested uh, with, you know, four teams in the top ten in the East with, you know, I think Penn State's still a really good football team. Now, I don't know how long their quarterback's out, and I don't know their schedule, Um you know, but if, if they continue to win, um, I think Michigan State is maybe a little bit of a fraud. They haven't played. Um, you know, they, they probably shouldn't have beat Nebraska, but that we keep saying that about Nebraska. Michigan maybe shouldn't have beat Nebraska, but they do. And Nebraska keeps finding ways to lose. Um, so I think Nebraska's a decent team, but they've got, you know, three losses in the conference. So they're not going to the Big Ten title game. Uh, Wisconsin's got losses. Minnesota's got losses. So I was in the driver's seat, but you know, Michigan looks really good. And then Ohio state still has never lost a game in the big 10 under Ryan day. Um, I, I still, Ohio state is a favorite out East, um, even with that loss to Oregon. Yeah. The, the East is, is really tough and you're right. I was three and in conference. They've got Purdue coming up this week, which we'll get into here in a little bit. Uh, which that, that's a big one if they can get the one there. And, yeah, but going back to the game, I mean, as Kirk Herbstreit put it, kind of like an anaconda, or maybe that was uh, Joel Clapp, whoever it was. but It was, it was Herbstreit that said that. Okay, and, and that's true. And if you go back and look, I'll just stick to Penn State games, but really a lot of big games that Iowa's won, a lot of the times uh, Penn State back in 08, 09, whenever they were at Kinnick, Sash made the interception late. They drove down, got the interception, but they hang around until the end. Oh, yeah. uh, at Penn State the following year, Claiborne gets the block punt mm -hmm. to go up. So Iowa does do that. They'll, they're going to hang around, and they're going to wait somewhere in that middle of that third quarter to somewhere in the fourth for you to make a mistake, and they take advantage of it. 
Right. Again, the defense had uh, four interceptions, puts them up to 80 now since 2017. That's just unbelievable. I read a lot of people online saying more this year. I don't think they know that stat from 17, but they're like, oh, it's just lucky. It's like 80, 80 interceptions since 2017. There's nothing it's, lucky about it. If there was a few, it's a few game stretch, sure, but this is a five year, going on five year period now where they're almost averaging, I don't know, what one and a half to two picks a game. Yeah. I mean, a couple things. One, they're always in the right position. But then two, you have to catch the football. I mean, there's a lot of D backs that just have trouble catching the football, <laughs> you know. And, and so they just make the plays. I mean, that's that's just so, you know, and I know Coach Parker is a D coordinator and he is the D backs coach. So he's doing one heck of a job. I mean, he's he's uh, about as underrated as they come. Yeah, no one's talking about him maybe getting a head coaching job. And I don't know if he'd even want to leave. I, I, I mean, I just assume that he doesn't want it because I think he, he's been really successful and and he's been with uh, Coach Ferentz forever. If he wanted a head job, I think he could have had one by now. Um, but he's a name that never gets mentioned. I agree. He, no. he probably wants to stay at Iowa. They seem right. like it's just kind of a family. They just they all know each other so well that he's a name that never gets brought up. It's like, man, no. he should get brought up, even if he doesn't want the job. Yeah, I mean, it, and maybe he's just put out that he doesn't want it, and so they don't even, you know, try for him, you know. So, yeah, I, I don't know that reason or situation, but, you know, you, you look at like a Brent Venables who was at, you know, Kansas State and then Oklahoma and now at Clemson that just has never taken that head job. And, and you know, he always is rumored in interviews. and He's getting paid $2.5 million, you know, at, at uh, Clemson. And, you know, they're, they're not near as good as they've been. And they'll be right back. I Don't kid yourself. You know, this year is what it is. Uh, but there's not a lot of coaches that get paid more than two and a half million dollars. You really just have to be that power five job now, you know, and then there's a few like fickle, I think would get it. Holgerson would get it at Houston, but you know, any of those Mac jobs or anything, you know, you just have to want to go take that job. I mean, all these coordinators, I, I think Parker gets a million dollars. The Iowa state coordinators are going to get a million next year. I think just the way their contracts are, get 900 this year and I think it goes up to a million next year that's just the price of doing business as a as a you know big time power five uh, coordinators a million dollars or more now and, and so you know you get to be a lot more of a football guy if you're just a coordinator you don't have to go you know meet with the media as much you don't have to go do the donor stuff and go around and do things as a coordinator and you know, living in Ames, Iowa or Iowa City, and you get paid a million dollars a year, you're doing just fine for yourself. Absolutely. And, you know, that brings up Michigan State. Like you said, Bell Tucker left Colorado because I think he got about $4 million more for his staff. So yeah. he turned down some other jobs, and, and that was big. And really just getting back to the Iowa game real quick, Riley Moss did get hurt. It sounds like he's only out a couple of weeks. Yeah, that's good to hear. It, it was one of those that did look good. You know, it's one yeah. of those – you know, if you, if you just watch it, you see what happened, not nah, torn ACL, he's done. You know, I mean, that I'm glad That's it's not. Uh, I'm glad it's not and hope, and hope it's not. And, you know, and I, I don't, I don't know coach Ferentz as much, but if, if coach Campbell said he's out a couple of weeks or day to day, he's coach uh, Campbell said uh, Trevor Downing was day to day all last year. He never played a, a down after the first game. So <laughs> you, yeah you, you can't trust those guys either <laughs> no you, you hope it's a couple of weeks because again they got purdue i want to get into purdue a little bit but then after purdue they got a bye week 
Yep. Then, then that Wisconsin at Northwest and the rest are scheduled. But let's let's talk about Purdue real quick, and yep. then we're going to get into Iowa State's games and what the rest of college football. So Purdue's two and three. They're averaging 23.6 points per game. They only have two rushing touchdowns on the year. Uh, David Bell's their best receiver. He's actually averaging 109 yards a game. So that's pretty impressive. And just to kind of put it in, in perspective, their defense only has two interceptions on the year. Iowa's got 16. They only have seven sacks on the year. Iowa's got 14, I believe it is. So that kind of shows you the difference. I think Iowa's about a 12 to 13 point favorite in that game. And my prediction, my, my worry is Iowa comes out flat after that big emotional win. I hope they don't, but I'm going to make the prediction of Iowa 41, Purdue 13 in this game. And keep that streak of uh, 28 straight games of holding the opponents to 24 or less alive for another week. Yeah, I agree. Now, you know, Purdue has had their number. You know, Purdue last year didn't have their coach, didn't have their best player, uh, but came into Iowa City last year, I believe, and won. Um, you know, obviously last year was, was weird by for everybody, but Purdue's kind of had um, Iowa's number, kind of much like Northwestern really has. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and now you just worry, you know, no ranked teams, the rest of the, the way for Iowa, just looking ahead through the rest of the season. Um, can they get there undefeated, get to the Big Ten championship game? We already talked about how they'd really have to lose two games to even have a worry about not going to uh, the Big Ten title game. But that's when you're number two in the country and you're halfway through your season, you know, the team doesn't have to, but just looking big picture for fans and, and just everybody outside – you know, you're looking at much like 2015, where it's essentially a quarterfinal. You know, you win that game, you're going to play most likely a one-loss Ohio State team, or I'm going to say a one-loss Ohio State team or an undefeated Michigan team. I think those are the two teams. That, that's who you want to play. Or, I mean, if Michigan State runs the table, that's fine too. Um, or a rematch for Penn you know, Or, you know, if, if Penn State only has the one loss to Iowa, that'd be one heck of a rematch too. But essentially, you're going to be in a quarterfinal game against, you know, let's just say Georgia doesn't lose till then, and I don't think they will. Um, you're going to be number two going against probably about a number five. You don't know exactly how everything – but another top five team, I would su- assume. Um, and so, essentially, it's a quarterfinal in, in the playoff. You win that game, you go. You lose, you're not going to go. I mean, it's just the way, unfortunately, you know, you shouldn't say that. I guess, you know, if it is an undefeated Michigan team and they're ranked number three and you lose by a field goal or just like you did against Michigan State, last second touchdown and chaos is kind of ha- – I mean, that's the thing. You can't predict what every, everybody else happens. Um, so I'm not going to say they're not – they can't go with a loss in the Big Ten title game, but – it doesn't look good because their strength of schedule ha- is not as good. And, and that's where Ohio state and Michigan just have huge upsides coming up because they're going to play a Penn state. They're going to play Ohio state. They're going to play Michigan state. They've got three. And they got to play 10. each other. Yeah. They got three top 10 games to win. So like I said, they're going to go all the way up to number three. And let's just say, you know, let's just say it's Michigan undefeated Michigan's, you know, one of the biggest brands in football and, and they kind of blow everybody out going up. And I was, I was struggles with Northwestern and struggles with Wisconsin. They win, but by 
you know, five points a couple times, do the poll and does everything. Do they drop Iowa one and get Michigan to two? You know, I, I have no idea, uh, but you know, Iowa is not one of the huge brands. It's, it's one of the brands, you know, a step or two down. It's not very far down, uh, but it's not Michigan and it's not Ohio State brands and even Penn State. So for Iowa, I mean, over the last 10 years or, or so, 20 years, I'd, I'd argue they are a little better in Michigan, but you're talking all time. So. Oh, yeah. Michigan has might have the most wins of all time in college right. football. But I, I was up there. I, I'd say over the last 20 years, I'd probably put Iowa around 15 or so. Oh, yeah. Years. But kind of getting back to just Iowa, now that they've got their big games out of the way, as we call them, you know, Indiana, Iowa State, Penn State, they're sitting at 6-0, so they control their own destiny. And there's no excuses now. Now they're ranked number two. Uh, you can't have a, a screw-up versus Purdue or lose to a Northwestern or lose at home to Minnesota. That's – No. Can't have it now because – a lot of people in the media weren't all that impressed with Iowa's win. They're trying to make all sorts of excuses. As yep. you know, it really doesn't matter because they won the game. Right. And number two in the polls. So the committee thinks that they're, you know, one of the top teams in the nation. So there, there's no excuses. If, if they can run the table, I hope they do. And we'll see how they come out. I'm just interested to see how they come out versus Purdue because yeah. I hope they don't come out flat. I'd, I'd like right. to see. I agree because, you know, last week was – incredible and the fan will awesome you know the place is going to be sold out it's going to be loud but it's still it's not going to be as electric as that last game it was number three versus number four you can't simulate that again i don't care it's going to be you know um but the way iowa plays football is perfect it's absolutely perfect for just winning football games and you know and i've said this the last few weeks iowa state wants to play that way they're just not as good at it as iowa is yet Hopefully they can get there, but they are not as good at it yet. Um, let's just kind of go to Iowa State uh, by week. Um, so hopefully, you know, got things sorted out the best they can. Um, you know, and, and I, I've heard Iowa State, you know, just people talk is, you know, Iowa State is, you know, not even hardly receiving votes. Um, you know, their, their losses are to two top 25 teams. Really everything except for the college football playoff is still out there. You control your own destiny to go to the Big 12 title game. You win the Big 12 title game. You go play in the Sugar Bowl. Well, that's one. You would win 11 games if that happens. Most wins in his, in school history. And you look at the Big 12 conference, nobody's invincible. You know, Oklahoma's ranked fourth or fifth, but they, they took one heck of a comeback to win, and they've got chaos going on there with quarterback situations. I don't know if you heard today, but – they canceled all their media from now until after the game. They're not doing any media or anything because, you know, they're getting so much pushback on who's going to be the quarterback and everything. They've got a debacle going on there. Now they're, they got really good players. So, so they're going to be okay, but just uh, a lot of distractions with who's going to be their quarterback. Do you go with the freshman kid or do you go with the preseason number one draft pick, the preseason Heisman favorite, you know, if he sits, does he quit right away? Does he transfer right away? Or does he just go to the NFL? I mean, just lots of storylines with Oklahoma. And then, you know, Texas looks good, but they're not obviously invincible. Oklahoma State, you know, we're going to see a little bit more about them. Uh, they play Texas this week, and then they come to Ames next week. 
uh, and Iowa State, you know, uh, October is kind of their month. They're, you know, Brock Purdy has lost two games in, in three years in, in October. So if they can win Saturday night in Kansas State, which if you're the team you think you are, you should win. And then you, you host Oklahoma State, who's going to be, depending on what happens this week, they're ranked, I think, around number 12 this week. 12, yeah, Yahoo's shown they're ranked 12. Yeah. So they play Texas. Um, overall, you want Oklahoma State to win that game. I, 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 I hate Texas. You know, you guys make fun of me, but I would cheer for Oklahoma 99, 100 out of 100 times over Texas. I hate Texas. Um, I'm not a big fan either. So, so um, Texas is what causes all the problems. Oklahoma just understands that they have to hitch their wagon to Texas because, well, that's better for them too. Um, I don't think Oklahoma is probably the one going and searching out the SEC would be my guess. I don't, maybe they were, but um, I'm guessing that was Texas. And then they said, Hey, Oklahoma, do you want to come? And like we said, if the SEC called Iowa state, they better go too. <laughs> you know, it's one of those, if, if the SEC, I, I think the question is, is, you know, you know, Ohio state or, or Michigan, if the SEC comes calling those good, that's the interesting question. I don't know the answer to that one, but that, that, that's for another day. Um, but you know, you want Oklahoma to be undefeated going into that November 20th game against Iowa State, hopefully with the one loss. And then, so you, you win or lose that game, and, and hopefully everything's worked out where it's it's you and Oklahoma again in the Big 12 title game. And again, uh, you're not going for the playoff, but you're uh, hopefully, you know, obviously if you win the game, you're in the Sugar Bowl. And then if you lose, hopefully, you know, you've only got, you can get into those New Year's Six games, much like they did last year. Yeah, you got to take care of Kansas State, like you said, and then you hope Oklahoma State beats Texas because that'll be that'll be better for for Iowa State, and then then you, then, yeah, the, and then you beat Oklahoma State, and so then you have the right now you don't you need we need Baylor to lose again, um, and they still have to play um, Oklahoma State, they still have to play Texas, and they still have to play Oklahoma. So hopefully they lose at least one of those, and Iowa State doesn't lose a game. Um, you really need Baylor to lose twice. Hopefully, they lose two out of three of those. Well, um, I see. I just pulled up their schedule. I, I see they play BYU this week, which is a yeah. game, obviously. But yep. that's uh, I didn't know that, so that's kind of interesting. But yeah, I need Baylor to lose another. Really need them to lose twice, and that gives you one game to play with. So yeah, no, I mean again, Iowa State they had their bye week. Both teams will be playing this week, and we'll see if Iowa State, like you said, Brock Purdy. You said he's only lost twice in October, so mm -hmm. that's a that's a good sign. Hopefully, the week off they got some things corrected, come out ready to go, kind of like Iowa. Don't come out flat because sometimes after a bye week you can even come out flat. Yeah. It's, it's down there, and I mean have have not won in Manhattan since two thousand four. Oh. Um, so seventeen years ago, uh, some some just weird things have happened. You know, uh, essentially, Coach Rhodes got fired. They they didn't kneel it much like Iowa did, and they ended up fumbling and losing a game that they shouldn't have lost uh, to end Rhodes' career. Campbell's first time, there was like three or four picked up off uh, defensive pass interference calls. Last uh, in 19, it was the weather was crazy, and, and Iowa State uh, just didn't play very well uh, the last time there. And then, you know, last year was a 45 nothing game. Uh, but they had COVID really bad and almost probably shouldn't even have played the game. So you really can't look into that. Um, you know, it's going to be close. It's about a seven point. Uh, I would say it's favored by about seven points. Um, I would assume it's going to be, 
I hope it's not that close, but I would assume it's going to be a close football game, and hopefully Iowa State comes out on the right side. Well, you talk about the history of these rivalries or these in-conference games. I mean, Iowa-Penn State's typically close. Uh, like you said, Northwestern has a history of giving Iowa fits. Well, again, here with Iowa State, this is one of their one of those games that you you think you should win, but Kansas State always gives Iowa State trouble, whatever it is. Oh, yeah. And there, there's there's conference games like that, and Iowa State's got to get over this one. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's just it, they're really a lot like I. I mean, you know, they have the losses, but Iowa State essentially is in a must-win situation to get where they want to go. And I was in a, you know, they're not as much in a must win because, you know, they're in the driver's seat to get to that big 10 title game, but their, their aspirations have changed from the, the beginning of the year where, yeah, you go want to go get to the big 10 title game, have a chance. Well, now you're number two in the country. You're like, let's win the whole freaking thing. Let's go to the playoff and let's see what happens, you know? So, but you, but to do that, you have to win every football game. Um, so there's pressure every game now for both of these programs, uh, different end games for it, uh, but just as meaningful for both programs. Absolutely. Both want to, you know, like you said, Iowa's got aspirations of playoff and and who knows what. Yeah. Iowa State, Big 12 title game, maybe, a, like you said, New Year's Six. Both want to be playing after January 1st, though. Yeah, I'd say, you know. I, Iowa, I mean, it, it's kind of sad to say it, but – you know, if I would get to the Rose Bowl this year, which, you know, uh, they lose the, you know, let's just, you know, and you don't know how everything's going to play off, but they lose to Ohio State. Ohio State goes to playoff. Iowa doesn't. Iowa goes to plays in the Rose Bowl. Well, almost, it's, it's going to be kind of like 2015, where it's almost a letdown, but you're playing in the Rose Bowl. That's freaking a big deal. Um, just like Iowa State last year playing in the Fiesta Bowl. That's a big deal. Um, and, and it really didn't feel like a, uh, it was a little bit down, you know, because Iowa State was the one seed and the favorite in the Big 12 title game, and, and they had the chance, and they kind of, you know, didn't have the, the good play at the end to give themselves the best chance to win. But, yeah, I mean, everything's out there for for really both these teams, you know, and Iowa especially. I mean, they, they once you get in one-game situation, you know, upsets happen. You know, A&M is not as good a football team as Alabama, but they they were better on Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, if Iowa does end up going to the Rose Bowl, that's still still a hell of a place to go. Yeah. <laughs> the last time they played there, it wasn't so good. Christian McCaffrey no. Stanford ran all over him. We, right. Me and Taylor and Al West, Ty West and Matt Mish were at that game, and I think yeah. about before the end of the first quarter, we were just looking at each other and laughing because we kind of <laughs> knew it was probably over, but it was still a cool, a really right. cool trip. I, I mean, Iowa's been there – since Fry've like five or six times and, and really it's, it's never been a good place for Iowa, but you still always want to go there. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of the premier places to play in, in college football, one of the premier games. And I, I, I mean, it's one of those, if Iowa state would ever get a chance to play there, I'm going, I don't care what anybody's oh, absolutely. Price. It's, 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 and actually I would love to go to the game, even if Iowa state's, I, I just would love to go to the game sometime. When we went, uh, the game was actually, probably the low light of the trip just because Iowa played so poorly, but we were there for about a week and LA just everything that we got to do. I, I don't know if I'd go again because it's pretty expensive. Right. But if, but if Iowa was to make a college football playoff and then, you know, the national championship isn't in, in Indianapolis this year. So the big 10 titles there and the national championship, and I'm not saying I was going to make the, the natty or anything, but if they did, 
boy, that's that's a once in a lifetime trip, right? Oh there. yeah, I mean, it, happens. It, you know, it's you know, yeah, I mean, it, it it's the same thing. If I, if Iowa State goes to the Big Twelve title game this year, last year, you know, they they had some seats there, but I'm most likely going to go. And if they would win and go to the Sugar Bowl, I'm most likely going to go. Um, it's going to cost money. I'm going to be broke for a while, but it's one of those. It doesn't happen every year at Iowa State. And, you know, last year we weren't able to do that stuff. We didn't have a choice. Um, I would have went to Phoenix to that bowl game. Uh, we have family out there and stuff, so it wouldn't have been horribly, horribly expensive. Uh, I mean, obviously getting the game and everything, but you could, place to stay saves you a lot of money. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, if, you know, Iowa State continues to do that and goes to a big time game and, you know, even if they don't, you know, it, going to Memphis, it's not the best bowl, but actually it's kind of fun. I've been there. Memphis is kind of a fun town. You go there and you go listen to some good music and you go watch a college football game and and there's nothing wrong with that. No, most schools don't get to go to the bowl games consistently or the good ones like Alabama, Ohio State, and Oklahoma do year in and year out. So when you get a chance to go to these unique bowl games or even like you said, down in Memphis, these different cities, it's worth the time to do it because they're typically a lot of fun. I know the Outback Bowl, I was been there, I don't know how many times, four or five at least. And that Tampa Clearwater Beach is just, it's awesome. It's fun. It's fun. I, I mean, I've been there, uh, not for a bowl game, but I've been there a few times just on vacation and stuff. And that's just a great time. It's a good excuse to go and uh, maybe go somewhere you haven't been before, take a vacation. And like you said, maybe not have money for a while. Yep. <laughs> That's, that's why you go to work the next, when you get back, you have to go back to work because you got to go pay for all that stuff you did. Exactly. Um, okay. So that's really, you know, college football, obviously the big, and the other big story was Alabama lost to AM. Um, so now Georgia is number one. I just found this interesting today, you know, six and oh, Georgia plays six and oh, Kentucky. I think Kentucky's ranked 10th. Um, and Georgia is a 23 and a half point favorite. Um, yeah. I just pulled up here on, on Yahoo anyway, and it looks like Kentucky's 11, but, yeah, 22 and a half, you're right. Yeah. So, again, I mean, that, it, it, <laughs> that tells you what Vegas thinks of. Yeah. Well, and it's just like, you know, I think last week Arkansas was a 17 and a half uh, point dog, and, and it wasn't close, or two weeks ago, and, and it wasn't close. Um, Georgia, I thought Alabama was that way too, but AM is, is the team there. I, I put Florida in that conversation, and then out, and then AM in the West, Florida in the East, that can always go get a Georgia or an Alabama because those, those they have talent. Um, they recruit, you know, they aren't quite Alabama, Georgia, but they are that really, you know, they're going to be a top five, top 10 recruiter. And then sometimes, you know, you get a kid that ends up being a little better than you thought. Um, and, and then, you know, like Alabama had, they just get so many guys going to the NFL that it does take a, just, you know, maybe that, linebacker isn't there this year and I think that's some of the issue with Alabama's they lost so much to the NFL last year that they're just you know they're really good and and they're good they're not done yet um they could still come back and win the whole thing don't kid yourself but they just you know for whatever reason you know and, and again it, it's kind of the same thing as bit Iowa State you know Alabama blocks the punt gets the touchdown and then kickoff return right back up, you know, and, and, you know, special teams got, it wasn't the defense. It wasn't the offense, you know, special teams got them and they just couldn't overcome it. And then, you know, AM makes the kick to win it. 
Yeah, and, and Kyle Field's a tough place to play. Oh, it is. Honestly, uh, I've been to a lot of football fields. You know, as Iowa State, obviously been to all the Big 12 stadiums and went to, you know, I've been to Kinnick, you know, went to bowl games and everything. Kyle Field, hands down the coolest place I've ever been. And it, it's it not close. Cool and, I, and I'm sure it's way better now than it was in 2000 when I was there. Yeah, because they've added seats to the end yeah. zone. But there were still three decks up. I mean, when you went all, we went all the way to the top before the game. You know, we were always there four or five hours before. I went all the way to the top. It is one cool, cool place, and it is loud, and they all sway in motion. It feels like that whole stadium is just rocking and rolling and moving, and and uh, it, it's cool. It, it, I would encourage. That's another one of those. If anybody ever has a chance or would want to go to a cool stadium, Kyle Field is that. Whether you're an AM fan or not. Yeah, that, that's a bucket list stadium to go to, kind of like a LSU is. Yep, I, I, LSU would be fun. I think Tuscaloosa would be fun. Um, I think Clemson, Death Valley. I mean, all the all those Southern schools, I think all those would be be really fun. I've heard Ole Miss is really, really fun. Uh, people kind of dress up to go there. Um, it's kind of weird, you know, but you like wear a, a shirt and uh, a, a coat and stuff, and it's kind of it. – but. Kentucky Derby type, so you get all dressed up. Oh, kind of like that. It's kind of like that, and and it's a place called the Grove that they all hang out and tailgate in, and you know it's. But people in the South take football differently than than even the Midwest here. Uh, Midwest here, we're second, and then you know where you are out west, it's definitely a, a distant third, and then the Northeast, uh, you know. I don't know if we're a third or for fourth to the east. We're probably right. we're probably third, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, out west you get. When Colorado is really good, the fans are into it when they're like they are now. That's a cool place, too. I mean, like we've talked about that. Folsom Field is fun. I mean, it's a cool setting. Um, but, yeah, it's just when they're not very good, um, it's it's kind of tough out there. You, you lose it real quick. The yeah, problem got- out west with all the big schools is, is they are in, besides the Oregon schools, you know, Washington and Seattle. So you have all the pro teams. USC and UCLA are in. LA where you have the pro teams, you know, Arizona, Arizona, Arizona's not in there, but Arizona state's a suburb of Phoenix. So you have all the, the pro sport teams, you know, obviously Denver has all the, pro, you know, you're just dealing with the pro sports teams differently than in the Midwest and the South where none of those very few of those schools are in a, you know, they might be in the same state, uh, but you know, Michigan and, and Michigan state aren't in Detroit. Neither one of them, they're close. Neither one of them are super far, but they're not in Detroit, you know. And they're not competing with a good NFL team either. <laughs> yeah, that, that is true. But, you know, you got, you know, Florida, Gainesville is, is really not by Tampa or Miami. You know, um, Tallahassee is even further away. Um, you know, Athens is – how far is Athens from Atlanta? 45 minutes to an hour? It's not just – That's probably about right. It's not far than – But it's not – but it's not just the suburbs. Included either, too, and, you know, and then obviously Mississippi and Alabama don't have ta- – pro sports in their states, much like Iowa, you know, Ohio state Columbus doesn't, you know, Columbus isn't Cincinnati or Cleveland. It's right in the middle of them. Um, so, you know, it's well over an hour to each place. Um, you know, it, it's just a little different settings. Yeah, I know you're right. Some of the places out West here, they just, again, a lot of pro teams to compete with. And if your college team's not good, you're, you're not going to get the attendance or the attention that you want. Um, I've yet to be to a Boise State game. Going to try to go to one this year. It's that, that's a pretty cool place, and I bet they've changed it. You know, obviously we played there in the bowl game, um, but it was cool. The blue turf is cool. Um, it kind of sucked. It was snowing, 
uh, Sleeton, and then obviously we lost, so it made it even worse. But yeah, that that'll happen up there all season. And yeah, the Grizz, Montana Grizzly. I, I need to go to a game there too in Missoula. That's that's a pretty cool stadium for as small a school as they are. Not that they're that small, but it is a. I've been to Missoula a few times, and it, the stadium really sticks out. So yeah, West it's a little bit different. Um, Kind of speaking of Seneca Wallace there in that 2002 season, it was uh, October 13th was the run against uh, Texas Tech. I saw that today though, uh, on Twitter. Okay. Uh, yeah. The long run. So Where he ran 116 yards. 100, 140 yards for a 12-yard 100, run. <laughs> 140 for 12. There you go. That's what it was. Yeah, that was – that's one of the cooler plays in the history of college football or just football in general. And, yeah, no, Seneca Wallace, that, that's one of my favorite college players. He was yeah. He was fun to watch. Yep. He, he was, and he's a good kid and not really, he's the same age I am. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's, he's a great person, owns wing stops here in town and he gets back quite a bit, lives in Dallas, but comes back here quite a bit. Well, if you ever see him again, tell him to get one in Oski. <laughs> <laughs> they just put, they just put one in Coralville. It's kind of funny. Um, like the one in Ames has all the Iowa state stuff and everything. The one in Coralville, I went, Tyler and I went to that. Um, he played uh golf in Williamsburg this summer. And then we, we went over to Shields to get uh, some stuff. And then we went in uh wing stop there and yeah, it, it's, it's not dressed in cyclone stuff like the one in Ames. <laughs> no, probably not. Wing, wing stops be good though. I'll, I'll give them that. They're for being kind of a chain. They're, they're pretty consistent. I, I like their wings a lot better than even like a B-dubs. Yeah. I haven't like been to the... Buffalo wild wings in so long. Used to, used to go there a lot. I mean, just, you know, we would go there as friends and everything, but I just haven't been there in a long time. I used to live right across the street from one, went there a lot. And I don't know, I think their food's gone downhill. It's either their food's gone downhill or it just was never as good as I originally <laughs> maybe thought it was when I was younger. Who knows? But yeah, um, again, big games for both the Iowa teams, Iowa and Iowa State. Hopefully they both can get some W's. And hopefully, like I said, neither of them come out flat. Iowa with an emotional win, Iowa State with a bye week you worry about that with both teams. Absolutely. And then, you know, the, the last story we want to really talk about, it, it's not a good story, uh, but, uh, you know, Xavier Foster right here from Oskaloosa has been dismissed from the Iowa State football team. Um, they had their media day today, and, you know, he really, uh, Coach Otzenberger didn't want to really talk about it, just said um, it was, he has been, he is the focal point, and this was not said by Iowa State at all, but he has been the, he's the focal point of an investigation uh, of, a, of a rape last October um, in Ames, uh, served a search warrant uh, in June, um, cooperating everything that we that we know of, uh, has not been charged with a crime, has not been arrested or anything. So uh, this is all allegations um, and everything I've heard and read that this is one issue, but he has other issues of why he was really dismissed from the Iowa State football team or a basketball team. Uh, you know, being late to practice and not working hard, not doing things that, that they're expecting him to do. Uh, it's just super disappointing. Obviously, the legal situation is a horrible thing. Um, you know, whatever happens with that happens with that. But let's let's kind of talk about uh, the basketball situation. It's just real disappointing. It's kind of a smaller town kid, seven footer, had all the promise in the world. You want what's best for those guys. Yeah, I know. I'd forgotten about that. I know. I think it was last Friday when the yep. story got sent to the chat and I I'd just gotten back home. I didn't really. And then after that, I didn't really look into the details or pay much more attention to it because then Saturday came and I was just 
I was watching college football all day. Yep. So I, I really don't know what's happened since since Friday. I don't know. You really, really not. I mean, really nothing. Um, you know, they released that statement, you know, um, and then just everything I've heard is is they didn't he wasn't going to play anyway. He is still hurt. Um, they did come out. You know, that was Friday. I think Tuesday or Wednesday they had a thing where he wasn't practicing because of health issues and injury. You know, he still is coming off. He hurt his foot and had surgery last winter, spring. Uh, he only played in six games, um, and he just wasn't – obviously wasn't doing what he's supposed to be doing. Um, you know, the issue is, is is what did they know? Um, what did Iowa State know? Obviously, this coaching – this coach wasn't there. I mean, he didn't get hired till March, whatever it was, April. Um, and this is allegedly happened last October. Um, so obviously it's not on this coach, but obviously I hope he knew. You just don't know who knew what when, and, and that's not going to come out. And and you hope everything was as forthright as could be on that. I mean, I understand it is a legal situation and you can't say everything and, and, and you're not going to say everything. You, you shouldn't to protect everybody involved. You know, the young lady, um, and just, and again, like you said, he has not been charged with a crime. He has not been arrested. Um, so it's not like the only thing fishy is as soon as that re got released on Friday, all the newspapers had all this information. So, you know, kind of like we talked about with that Washington football team, they knew all this stuff and they were just holding it and ready to release it or did. They just got flooded with it. At yeah. Or just as soon as it got released that, everything got released at the same time. I mean, I, I have no idea. I'm not in on that. Um, but as an Iowa State fan, I, I hope things weren't held behind closed doors that shouldn't have been, would be my my uh, hope. So, yeah, that's that's the one thing you hope they didn't withhold information and, you know, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. We don't, we don't know that. So until I hear differently, I mean, no reason to, to think that they did. But yeah, it's disappointing for Xavier, obviously, Great player, Oskaloosa, uh, state championship basketball. A lot of fun, couple fun year run there that that Oski basketball had. So, like I said, I after last Friday, I, I didn't really pay any attention to it, so I'm not going to speculate or anything. I I guess I'll have to do a little bit of uh, research this week on what exactly happened. But regardless of that, I mean, whatever the incident was, hope everybody's okay and yeah. yeah it, Unfortunate is probably the, the word to use right now for that. Yeah. Yep. And, and, you know, and again, same thing. We're not going to talk all the details here, but Iowa State Daily does have a pretty in-depth um, story and what, what happened and stuff. So if people want to read and find out, go to the Iowa State Daily page uh, and they have a pretty in-depth uh, of what allegedly has transpired and, and, you know, what happened and stuff. And, it doesn't uh, portray very good of, of Xavier Foster. Okay. Well, I'll have to check it out. But yeah, like you said, on, on here, we'll, some details and words we're not going to use. And, you know, that's what Google's for. And if people want to, if people want to look that stuff up, they can, if they don't, then they don't, but we'll keep it, try to keep it as clean as we can on here. Right. Absolutely. Um, but again, you know, big week Wednesday night, uh, you know, just kind of last thing, you know, baseball, um, I, I, I just want to talk baseball real quick here. Uh, the Houston Astros versus the Boston uh, Red Sox in the American League uh, Championship Series. Um, 
kind of the last two American League teams to, to win the World Series. Um, and then obviously the last two uh, teams that were kind of charged with that cheating scandal that are still playing because um, the coach, you know, obviously Alex Cora uh, was with Houston when they were charged with that and then went to Boston, won a championship, fired or released for one year and then hired back. And now they're right back winning again. So, and, and I, you know, it is what it, it's just kind of, it's very interesting. Uh, but again, Houston is one is in the American league championship series for the fifth time in a row. That's impressive. Um, only the third team to do that. Um, you know, the most is the, um, the Braves in the nineties got there like seven straight times or eight straight times. Uh, it's still amazing that that Braves, dynasty only won one championship but the braves are also in the the national league championship series and then uh tomorrow night is game five between the dodgers and giants and just what's been an epic series and and probably the two best teams in baseball it's just kind of a shame the way everything shakes out that they had to play so early they probably should be playing or at least been a part to see if they could play in the championship series and i don't pay attention to baseball as much as you do or some of the other people in our chat i know i've heard that the Dodgers have maybe one of the greatest rosters ever assembled, but they've had injuries. Again, uh, San Francisco was better than people expected from what I've heard. Yep. And, then, and then, yeah, you've got uh, the Red Sox and, and Houston. And Houston, I do know that they were, you know, the cheating scandal, the banging on the, the trash cans, all the other stuff that came out. So they're the villain of, of baseball. Yep. And I'm sure most people are going to be rooting for them to lose. So I'm, I'll probably tune into some games. I, I did watch a little bit of the, the Yankees and, and Red Sox one, but since then I really haven't watched much baseball. But I think once we get, I think I'll tune into a few games, especially once the World Series gets here, whoever's playing in it, I know I'll watch some of it. Yeah, I, I, you know, obviously, you know, Saturday and stuff, I'll watch college football, but most other days I'll watch, you know, playoff baseball is pretty fun to watch. It's it's long and it's slow and and I get why people have a hard time with it, but I'm one of those, I really like baseball and, and it, it's kind of fun to watch and every pitch is meaningful and, and stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, baseball's winding down and then, you know, basketball's just starting up and hockey's starting up. So, you know, there, there's a lot of reasons to say October is probably about the best month for sports. And then the weather's, you know, here in Iowa, it was rainy today, uh, but overall the weather's been great uh, so far this fall and hope that continues for a few more weeks here. Well, I, I hope it continues. I think I'm going to be back next week to help, uh, combine corn with my dad and grandpa and I'm in Salt Lake right now. Uh, last night it was about 35 degrees driving up here through Price, Utah. It was snowing and sleeting. That's, I saw that I think Colorado had some snow and the passes were all snowy and slick and everything. So Wyoming had a big storm in Rapid City, South Dakota. They, they've got Interstate 90 closed down, a little stretch there. So we're out western. We're getting hit with some snow, but I'm hoping to come back next week whenever it is and maybe get around to golf in sometime. All right. Well, yeah, let me know when you get back. We'll, we'll go play some golf or something. Sounds good. We'll get it figured out. So, all right. Well, thanks a lot, Trev. And, and we'll talk to you next week. All right. Talk to you then. Thank you for listening to Morgan. You asked for podcast, please like subscribe and rate the podcast on your podcast player to help spread the podcast out to bigger audiences. Mm-hmm.